In a world where fans are forever restless, the rules are ever-changing, and you have to be told just how much your favorite team blows to rise above the rest. Welcome to the Couch Coaches with your hosts, Lacey Kay and Drew Hale. Pass interference, defense, number 23, ball will be placed at the spot of the foul, automatic first down. And that, ladies and gentlemen, in podcast land, was the greatest call that was never made in an NFC Championship game. Sorry, Saints fans, but Saints fans, you know what you can rest assured with? Knowing that this is the best call that you're ever going to make in the time frame that you're listening to, the greatest football podcast on the air right now. Welcome to the Couch Coaches. And don't worry, all of Saints Nation, we made plenty of room on the couch for you. You can join the rest of the couches out there listening. All the other 30 NFL teams that are currently not playing right now. Okay. Um, yeah, that it was that simple to make a call like that, and yet it wasn't made. Um, but again... Wow. As always, welcome, guys. This is the Couch Coaches. As Drew has already said, I am one of your hosts, Lacey Kay, and obviously you've already heard from the great Drew Hale. What's going on tonight, Drew? Hey, hey, hey. Hey, hey, hey. Let's start with that call. Like, you want to start with already, that call? We have to now. Yeah, yeah All let's right, go. We'll, 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 we'll do that for the first thing. Guys, tonight, since we have a oh, technically a week off, it's only the Pro Bowl. No one really cares. Yeah, you know, um, We'll cover the Super Bowl like we've been covering the playoffs in our next episode before the game that week um tonight we're just gonna have some fun we're gonna do like a season recap whether it can be on anything great storylines from this past season bad rookies the draft you know new players comebacks whatever we want to talk about stuff that really made us with pump for the season but you want to start tonight with the pass interference call yeah yeah yeah. no doubt no doubt great let's go ahead so i'm gonna open this up um Obviously, listen, there's no question that it was a terrible call, right? I mean, everybody and their mother is going to say that, uh, you know, every single person on earth agrees. Terrible call, right? Sean Payton called the commissioner's office uh, for uh, the the control board over NFL rule and regulation, and they were like, yeah, basically, without saying it was a bad call, it was a bad call, right? I've I've seen lawyers suing the NFL with with uh, with Saints season ticket holders in order to try and uh, petition for a uh, excuse me petition for a repeat game which we all have read by now if you're if you're following the NFL right that we have it has been exposed in the rule book that the commissioner can do it that the commissioner can do it he could either make them replay the game or continue the game from the point that he wants it doesn't even have to be the whole game correct whenever so uh, that's been going on. Uh, I've seen where uh, there are a few optometrists in uh, in uh, Louisiana that are offering free eye exams. Uh, there's just been so much stuff going on. Uh, I just literally uh, New Orleans. The optometrist New Orleans. I said Louisiana. Same kind. Yeah. I'm yeah. There. I'm there. Louisiana. Yeah, I'm there. Uh, but at any rate, so yeah, so all that going on. Um, I mean, super, super crazy. I will say really quick uh, <clears throat> for every, <laughs> for everybody out there in podcast land, um, Rachel's not going to be with us tonight. Um, she has a prior engagement uh, work. She's starting know. a new job. So, yeah, that's super congrats, exciting. Congrats, Rachel. I know so, you're listening. Rachel, congrats. Um, uh, Rachel is currently freaking out to me via text message because she literally just found out now that we're recording a podcast. Uh, the first text message was without me with an uncountable amount of question marks. 
So we're going to handle that. It's good. Everything's going to be okay. Rachel, we love you. It's fine. Okay? It's fine. There will be more episodes. Um, and you'll be part of most of them. Yes. A couple, at least. One or two. Right? Until we find a new winter. Yeah. No, I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> Fuck you, Dustin. All right. Yeah! Fuck you, Dustin. Anyway, back to the topic. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, so, terrible call, but whatever. What are you going to do? Not, not just the optometrist. I find it funny. I don't know if it's true that... New Orleans area is going to be showing an alternate Super Bowl game that's already been, that's already happened instead of the one that's going to be airing just because they feel like they got screwed out of it. Listen, I've made my piece with this. If you fall on the side that you think it's bullshit, they got screwed, it's the reason they the New Orleans lost the game, I'm not going to argue with you. I am. If, You're wrong. If, if you feel like that's not the case, they still had their chances and you know they just failed, they did. I'm not going to argue with that either. Normally, I take the hardline stance that this is very unlike not, you. It's not one play game, okay? I, I argued this earlier in the season with a game with a, with a call being called earlier in the game. It doesn't affect the game. You should have played better than the part of the game. This happened at a critical time. This was a few minutes left in the game, third and ten. That play's called. New Orleans gets the first down, okay? And they can run out the clock. The game is theirs. The game's over. The Rams don't have a chance, okay? Um, so in that, I understand. So if you want to say for that reason the Saints got screwed, I'm not going to argue it because of when when it, the call didn't happen and the undeniable result of if they would have got the first down. But at the same time, I'm not going to argue with you if you're like, well, they still had a chance because you're right on that too because they, they went on defense. Earlier in the game, they were playing good defense. They could have stopped the Rams you know what I mean? And the Rams still kicked a 57-yard field goal that they could have missed. That's a long-ass field goal. Okay? Not wrong. So you missed your opportunities. There's how many plays in the game. But because of the time and the undeniable result, if they wouldn't have missed the call, I'm not going to argue it one way or another. Fair. Guys, please excuse me for the way I sound. I, I'm getting over something. Thankfully, tonight will be the last night because I'm getting better. But I, I apologize for how I sound. Um... But no, it, it does it does suck for Saints fans. I've been on the end of a bad call. A lot of teams have. You know what I mean? Des caught the ball. Um, but it, it, it's, it's just part of the game. Fair or unfair, right or unright. And people say about the commissioner making that call. Let me tell you something. We will never, ever see that used. Unless it says something as drastic as if that play... Drew, let me tell you something. If that play would have happened... Okay, but instead of the Rams defender hitting him early, if a fan would have ran on the field, hit the player, nothing was called, you know what I mean? Because the rest want to know what to do, like, they might not call it. Then I could see the commish, you know, utilizing that rule. Okay? Okay, yeah, yeah. Okay, from a point but of Unless it's something okay, that it. drastic, you will never see a commissioner use that power. Yeah, I, it's definitely not going to happen. Sorry, Saints fans. But again, Saints fans, they... Listen. The Saints had opportunities to really run away with that game, and they didn't. Uh, and at the end of the day, right, listen, we've all seen the memes, right? We've all seen all the bad calls that weren't called against the Saints. Uh, frankly, I've seen another couple bad calls that weren't called against the Rams. So, I mean, you know, it's just, we're just talking about playing football here. You know what I mean? The, I, 
it is what it is. I mean, I'm not certainly going to complain about the call because I had the Rams to win. Uh, I was right on both of my picks, by the way. Uh, but anyway, that's neither here nor there. Um, so, uh, so yeah, listen, I'm cool with it. I think it's the better Super Bowl matchup. So uh, I'm super excited. It's definitely, to me, what's funny is since that call, right, Super Bowl tickets have plummeted the sale price of those tickets. I think that's interesting because to me, this is a more, this is like the dichotomy of Super Bowls, right? Like this is like, you know, you've got all different variations of of Super Bowls and what have happened. I mean, you've got a Super Bowl where you've got the first time in NFL history for two things, right? The oldest quarterback, youngest coach or youngest player youngest quarterback differential right the age difference between uh between tom brady and jared goff right is the largest gap in super bowl history i believe that's also the case when built burst bill pelichick versus sean McVay. so what i think is interesting here is just the dynamic that we're walking into okay you've got sean McVay on one side of the ball who and we're not spending this whole episode talking about super bowl right but i'm just saying the ticket price thing has me blown my mind blown Right, because you've got Sean McVay. Everybody's trying to pick from this dude's tree, right? Everybody's trying to pick from a coaching tree. If you served Sean McVay coffee in Starbucks, like you're on an interview list somewhere, <laughs> you know what I mean? So that to happen, and then Bill Belichick, the most iconic head coach, possibly in the history of the NFL, and now they're going up against each other. Like, what the hell? Like, how does it get any better than this? I mean, I think this is like heaven. Okay. I think this is like the greatest See, thing ever. I disagree, and I, I'm not saying that you don't have good points because you do, but I mean you like could always. you could have argued the differential because if the Saints and the Chiefs would have made it, who I think would have been the better matchup, you're talking about 40 plus year old Drew Brees against Patrick Mahomes, who's only going to be in a 17 for the 17 or 18. You know what I mean? Maybe he's 15 right now. Yeah. So his voice is of a 12 year old. Yeah. Um, and I mean you want to get the same differential in age when it came to coaches Andy Reid and. Sean Payton, but you still got down the quarterback. You got arguably, and I don't think it's you can argue it, but the top two highest scoring offenses in the league. Okay, which fairly or unfairly, sure. whether I like it or not, fans are driven by offense for the most part. They want to see points scored. Think about that Chiefs Rams game halfway through oh, the yeah. season. You know what I mean? Three fifty one or whatever. Yeah, that was crazy. So <clears throat> I mean, getting that potential kind of matchup in the Super Bowl where even though the Chiefs defense has been playing better, the Saints would have put up points between Kamara, Ingram, uh, Thomas, and of course Drew Brees, and whoever else he would have used. Um, and then the Chiefs with Tyreek Hill, Patrick Mahomes, you know, 50 touchdowns and over 5,000 yards for Mahomes. They they have somewhat of a running game. They have Kelsey. Um, and the, the Saints defense is no slouch, but there would have been points put up. And I think between that the fact that fans are tired, a lot of fans are tired of seeing the Patriots in it, right? Or wrong. Agreed. Um, Agreed, one hundred percent. The problem is, again, the issue is though they played a team coached by Andy Reid, so that team had no chance. And like, I'm just, I'm sorry, but like, and I know I shit on Andy Reid all day Drew, long. Drew, Drew, I'm gonna give you right now <clears throat> one minute of uninterrupted Andy Reid bashing time to get it out of your system. Okay, fantastic. Okay, ready? So in that game, I'm so glad you did this. <clears throat> so in that game, not only were there mad like. Obviously, the Chiefs had an ample opportunity to win that game. Okay, D. Ford, uh, neutral zone infraction. I mean, that, that some of that stuff. I mean, you can't like you can't have that kind of shit, right? Uh, but here's what else is super interesting. Do you know who was covering Tyreek Hill all game? The corner covering Tyreek Hill. They played 85% man coverage. Do you know who the corner was covering him? 
An undrafted free agent. Nobody fucking knows who the corner was covering him, okay? Uh, It was Jonathan Jones. Do you know how many defensive snaps he's played? And all of them since week 12? 19. The kid has played 19 defensive snaps, and he's going up against one of the top five wide receivers in the league this year, okay? I think he was second in yards, okay? In receiving yards this year. I mean, you're Andy Reid. You know what Tyreek Hill did that game? He caught one pass for like 40 yards. It was a good catch. Or maybe maybe two. But how in the fuck do you screw that up? Bill Belichick gives you an open window, okay? Does not shut down your number one guy. And you allow him. You only take three shots at him or four, three or four targets to Tyreek Kill all fucking game. God damn. Fuck you, Andy Reid. Okay, I mean... That was technically a little bit over a minute, but I felt like you were just going to keep going even when I tried to yeah, cut you fuck off. Fuck that. Um, Guys, l- listen, I'm not, I'm not going to sit here and argue. We, people know where we both stand on Andy Reid um, from multiple previous episodes, but I'm, I'm just going to say all the good things and bad things. If you're going to put all the bad or majority of bad things that happen in Chiefs games on Andy Reid, you got to give him the majority of good things too. Yeah, what good things? Uh, the fact that they reached farther than anyone would have guessed during the whole season, before the season started, that Mahomes would have played to the level he did when never having starting experience uh, and stuff like that? I don't, think, I don't necessarily think that. I mean, more, more than most would have started, yeah, but remember, Pat, okay, so Patrick Mahomes is a gifted talent. They've got a top three tight end in football. They've got a top three wide receiver in football. Coming into the season, for the first half of the season, they had a top two running back in football. Like, get out of here. Their that offensive all line is good. underneath Andy, Lee, Andy Reid's leadership. Uh, I all, mean, all I'm saying, okay, is if you're going to knock him <coughs> for almost every little bad thing that happens to the team, then you got to give him credit for most of the good things that happen. With oh, the yeah, yeah, yeah. You can't say all I've, the good things are because of the players and then all the bad things are because of the coach. I don't disagree. I have made, I have made the argument on this show before multiple times that Andy Reid has been one of the bl- most blessed coaches in the history of football. He has at multiple times throughout his career as a head coach had some of the best talent in the game at the time around him, okay? His best was that Philadelphia Eagles team, obviously, with Westbrook, Dawkins, T.O., McNabb. I mean, just so many crazy fucking weapons on that. On that uh, yeah, on that, on, that, on that team, right? The So you look at the teams that he's had and he's put together, yeah, they're fantastic, and it's great and everything. That's awesome, but guess what? Bill Belichick has won a half a dozen Super Bowls, and the best wide receiver he's ever had has been Randy Moss at the end of his career. Aside from that, you can argue that the next best wide receiver that he's ever had not named Julian Edelman was Dion Branch, okay? Like, get the fuck out of here. Like, their running game has never been good. Never. They've never had an all-star running back in New England. Ever. Okay? The The Packers made it to the Super Bowl. Oh, listen. Yes, the year they made it, highest scoring offense in the history of the NFL. I get it. Their defense, subpar. They had no running game. James Starks. Like uh, New uh, New Orleans, right? You can argue that they've had less pieces around them. Like, I, all I'm saying, again, I'm not taking anything away from Andy Reid's ability to do those things. That's great. But the guy just can't finish games. He can't finish seasons. He can't win you at all. He never has, and he never will. It's pathetic. Okay, so if you want to argue the fact that he's not a closer, he's not clutch, he's not a finisher, fine. But stop trashing him. And he's pup! Being an overall coach when you're like, yeah, he could he could 
develop talent. He can put them in the right schemes. He can win all the games that don't matter. He just can't finish. Then, then, then say that. Don't, don't, don't be like he's a shitty ass coach. And there's 15 other coaches I'd rather over him in the league. Uh, this number's probably accurate. Okay. Fuck you. I, I doubt <clears throat> you, that you can make a legit case. Okay. All right. To yeah. put five coaches <laughs> ahead of him. Whoa, five coaches five. ahead of him. Oh my God, Jesus, fuck. Um, a legit case. <clears throat> a legit case for five coaches ahead of Andy Reid. Yeah, I think I can. All right, do it. Five coaches ahead yeah. of Andy Reid. Okay. Pete Carroll. Okay. I would probably take the obviouses, okay? So Sean Payton, Bill Belichick, uh, uh, Pete Carroll. Uh, fuck, I would take Kyle Shanahan but see, over this Andy Reid. Okay, said, so those three are guaranteed. Your Kyle Shanahan was. I will give you easily Belichick and Payton. Okay, and if you, <laughs> you won't give me Pete Carroll. Wait, 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 I said I will give you Pete Carroll because all okay. right, I can see that argument. All right, you know what I mean. But go ahead, continue. Name me two more. Uh, I just had all these in my fucking head. Now I'm losing it. So let me just walk through the AFC really quick. Uh, I'd take Sean McVay. You you would take Sean McVay, but you can't make a case for him. Why? Because even in his shortened career, he hasn't done anything. Uh, statistically, he is a substantially better coach than Andy Reid in literally every okay, measure. Okay, so it's, then he's no different than Andy Reid. That he, unless he wins this Super Bowl, which we don't know. Okay, yet. all right, which we don't know yet. But you can't make the case there now. Okay. So listen, I mean, I can obviously name... Okay, so do you want me to name five coaches that won Super Bowls? Five coaches who have a great coaching career, and yes, since you always knock on Andy Reid for not winning a Super Bowl, have won a Super Bowl. Okay, so those ones, Mike McCarthy. Sure, he got fired, but he's still a better coach than Andy fucking Reid is. Is he, though? He is the most talented quarterback that you say in NFL history, and he's only won one Super Bowl? Would you take Doug Peterson over Andy Reid? If you want to make the case, I don't think I can really argue it. Of course. Okay. He won air wonder. And he made it to the playoffs again on a backup quarterback. Yeah. But, Andy, and again, Andy Reid has made it to the playoffs countless times with different teams in different years throughout his whole coaching span. You know what I mean? So, like... All right, listen, fine. Marvin Lewis. <laughs> okay, I'm kidding. I'm obviously joking. I'm obviously joking. Mike Tomlin. All right, I, I want to give you my comment. You want to know why? Six. Yeah, he won one Super Bowl. Okay, he has more Super Bowls than Andy Reid, but he's for the mo- for I would say for the majority that Tomlin has been in Pittsburgh. All right, most of those seasons, wherever Andy Reid has been, Pittsburgh was supposed to have a better, more talented team. Okay, uh, going into that season, history. majority of seasons, I wouldn't. They were they were and I hate Mike. They Tomlin. were projected to win the AFC North. Almost every year for the past five, six years. John okay. Harbaugh. Okay. Better coach than Andy I disagree. Okay. One Super Bowl. Okay, I will give you that. With a you... less talented offense. Wildly less talented. But it, one of the best defenses we've ever seen. Uh, no. Not that we've ever seen. <clears throat> as a one unit. Of the most not, consistent. not paper talent. As one a of unit. The, one of the most consistent. The stats they were putting up was nuts. 
Okay, listen, one of the most one of the best defenses from a consistency standpoint, yes, because they're not like other great defenses we've seen, right? They're not like the the Seattle Seahawks, right, where they have two, three good seasons and then they tank off and they're fucking nobody. So yeah, they've been able to put up more consistent talent. I'm with you. But I mean, that's already like legitimately in my mind, I've just named seven quarterbacks or seven quarterbacks, seven coaches with Super Bowls that I would take over Andy Reid. Yeah. You're giving them Super Bowls, but a lot of those coaches that you're saying, and this is my point. Go ahead. They have that one Super Bowl because they all have one that you're saying. Okay. Okay. But Aside overall, from Belichick. well, yeah, I'm not counting Belichick. I'm I'm not counting Carroll, even though he only has one, and I'm not counting Peyton, even though he only has one. Right. Okay. But other than that one Super Bowl, I don't think career-wise they have done more consistently than Andy Reid. You don't think? I agree with you 100. percent I agree with you a thousand percent. Consistently, they have not lost more games that mattered than Andy Reid has. 100% will give that to you. Because that's what he has done. He has done nothing. He has had more than any coach I have literally named. Than any coach, he has had more talent. And he has done nothing with it. Nothing at all. Nothing. He couldn't win the AFC. He couldn't win the NFC when the NFC was a fucking joke. When it was a joke. Okay, now the NFC, obviously the far superior conference, right? I mean, the NFC right now, the far superior conference. Okay, where's he at? The AFC. He still can't fucking win it all. Like, God damn, this dude fucking sucks. God. Just because I'm, I'm not trying to make this show into just the pass interference call and Andy Reid. And yeah, how far we're we're 20 in. minutes in. We we're gotta go. We gotta, move. Yeah, yeah, we gotta move. I'm gonna move on. Um, but... Again, I, I would love to hear, if only our fans interacted with us, I would love to hear the feedback on who people, you know, side with on this. Hey, everybody, that was some shade. That was some shade. I don't give a throw. fuck, okay? That was to, fucking to, shade. To our double-digit fans, okay, that listen to the show religiously almost every week, we love you, and we love hearing from you. We let you know that. You interact with us. We love it. We're getting sick of is the fact that we'll get more than that in listens or some episodes not hit more than that in listens and we can't get interactions from other people. To the few that consistently almost every week do it, we love you. We hope you keep it up. We do this for you. We like having a good time. But we need, we need to build this and we need more interaction from more people. Fuck yeah, we do. Fuck yeah. Anyway, yeah. Moving on. Jeez. Okay. Yeah. Now, I don't know about you, but a lot of this show, what I want to talk about, especially with big stories from the season, it... And it's because of like what I what I find interesting um, is the past draft. The, last year's draft was huge, huge. Okay, it was huge. It, it was huge. Okay, uh, in a little bit, I'm going to go down the first round in general, and I want I'll, I'll want you to name the hits and misses. But there were so many big names in general in that draft, not just the first round, that right. made impacts that fans would know about. So you're going through everybody in the first round. Well, I'm going to name them then. I'm going to give I'm going to give it a second, um, but. That's what I'm going to talk about a lot in this. A lot of the big performers in that. But before I get there, I just want to kind of hammer out the rest of the NFL. I want to talk about the return of Andrew Luck. Oh, baby! Okay. This is another topic I could talk about for 20 minutes. Well, let's not try to do that. Five. Let's, let's try to limit five. it to five. five. Okay, okay, that's fair. All right. So Andrew Luck came back after, mm. let, what, what do you want to call it? A medical leave? Oh, um, yeah. But, Severe medical leave. Uh, you, An injury only one other player has ever come back from. You and me have talked about him nonstop, okay? 
We both believed in him. We both ranted about how good he was. He's going to come back, okay? And even if it's not right away, and I would say, I, I would feel confident saying for both of us that it was a little bit faster than we even expected him to return to form, um, but that he was eventually going to return to form, and he was going to make people eat their words. And even some people that listen to us on a consistent basis got sick of us talking about it. Dude, they all hated it. Yeah. Everybody else shit on Andrew Luck like, you guys are fucking nuts. But it's now, never gonna they happen. have no reason to stop <laughs> us talking about it from now. So I'll let you hit it. Oh, baby! All right. Listen, I I think what what the best part is for me, right, is the best part for me is a, a great person, right, like a great human being in Andrew Luck, right, comes back and helps make the Colts franchise relevant again. And, uh, you know, he's on the Make Indianapolis Great Again campaign right now. And I think what's hilarious is he's bringing such relevancy to that team that I, I love it because it, it indirectly helps him. And I know he's not looking at it like this because he's a very selfless player, but this is helping his stock so much by, like, him being like, guess what, fuckers? You know what I mean? Like, in the back of his head, like, yo, yo, we've got the most cap space coming into this year. Like, watch out. Indianapolis. Let's make it. By the way, future prediction, they're uh, part of my future AFC championship matchup for next year. Ooh. Uh, and I don't Is that your hot fuck, take for this show? I don't even show? give a fuck who they take. You know what? I'm taking them in the Super Bowl. They're next making year. it to the Super Bowl. Next year. That's, Bowl. that's your hot take for this show? Oh, so I got one for you later, but okay, yeah. <clears throat> so, uh, so, but seriously, I, I mean, the Colts just... Seriously, it was insane, right? It was insane. You only have to cover one guy. You couldn't do it. When you could do it, he found a tight end that everybody else in the league gave up on. Which we talked about the trade, and we loved the trade because we love Eric Ebron. And what's he do? Leads all tight ends and touchdown receptions. I mean, literally insane performances coming out of that. That defense stepped up when they had to. Garbage paper defense, they stepped up when they had to. The offensive line turned around. The offensive line, well, they got Quentin Nelson, who, yeah. by the way, before you say his name, Braden Smith. Hit. Yeah. Um, you know, so like. You, know, you look at that. They're really building for the future. Marlon Mack not going to be the running back there next year, probably. They're not going to be the long-term solution. But I, I'm telling you. It's because you're predicting Le'Veon team, Bell. Of course. <laughs> he, even though he said he wants to go to Miami like a fucking idiot. But um, uh, so, listen, I, I can't say enough about Andrew Luck. I'm so excited he came back into form. I'm not even a Colts fan, but he's probably one of my favorite players in the league, obviously, by the way we talk about him. And, uh, like, God, I'm so fucking happy that the Colts are competing. Yeah, and I mean, I'm not going to add too much more to that. You've had a lot of points, and you were way more enthusiastic with with you not being sick. Um, so I, I, I just want to say I am glad to see him back in the league. I'm glad to see him hit the level. And I think he's going to even get slightly better because I don't think he's rounded into 100% form yet. I think we'll see him more at 100% next season. And whether you're right on your hot take or not, that's scary for the rest of the division in the league. Um, if they can continue to build – they could be the best team in the AFC next year. Oh, without question. They could probably be the best team in the league. I mean, if you think about it, right, <clears throat> no other team coming into this playoffs, including wildcard, right, holds a top eight spot in draft capital, right? I don't even know if there's a team in the top ten that's in that made it to the playoffs. They're number one. And were, should have been closer, weren't really too close. Uh, but at any rate, like, they were number one. I, I, again, being carried on the shoulders of one guy. I'm so excited. I can't wait till next season. Cannot wait. They're right. going to dominate the AFC. Well, you gave your hot take for next season. And, I, you know, I like you said already, Andrew Lux is a really good guy. Really good guy. Um, was a great player. He's going to continue to be a great player. He's going to help that team. I'm excited to see what he's going to do. 
Um, and I love his, his uh, alternate ego Twitter account. <coughs> As the Civil War captain that someone runs. Did you see that before? Unfortunately. No, I'm just kidding. <coughs> it's, uh, it's, completely, it's completely hilarious. Sorry, guys. I'm dying hilarious. here. Yeah, drink some, take some sips. Yeah, um, <clears throat> so something else I want to talk about is, and this is just in general, the Oakland Raiders. Just huh. how much good and bad of a circus that was this entire past season. All the storylines that came out of it. You know, Gruden going there, whether you're excited or not about it. Okay, the fact that McKenzie then got moved. He got, he got shipped out. Then it was followed by Mack. It was followed by Cooper. They didn't know what was happening with Derek Carr. Now they bring Mike Mayock in. They have three first rounds going into this year. Two, two the following already next year, year already. Yeah. Just as a sum. Good, bad, crazy, whatever. What's some things you like, didn't like, and just about them in general? Epic story. Like, like seriously, the storyline of the Oakland Raiders is, is pretty crazy, right? Typical Oakland Raiders fashion, though, right? I mean, dating back to the Jared Allen issues and everything else. Like, um, you know, Marcus Allen. Did I say Jared Allen? You said Jared Allen. Jared Allen. Like, listen, great defensive end. Oh, he was. Uh, <clears throat> but anyway, so... Um, you know, going back to that, and I think what's so crazy about this whole scheme is, like, you have a situation where, in my opinion, you've got the best, the best interpreter of college football talent that I have ever seen in Mike Mayock, okay? Guy almost hits on everybody. Uh, it's just, he's so methodical. I mean, granted, it's his job, right? That's all he does. Um, so, you know, we're going to have to listen to Daniel Jeremiah. Excuse me, unfortunately, maybe a little bit more. But at any rate, um, I think he is going to be able to bring in talent that is going to exponentially in be able to improve that team. I say be able to improve because I feel like if you leave it up to John Gruden to do something with it, you're in a rough spot. Like, you're going to be in a bad place if John Gruden is the deciding factor whether you win or lose football games. I can't believe the offseason moves they've made. Uh, are the, the moves they've made in season. I mean, I think it's literally insane. Um, and, and then coming into this year, thinking that, again, like, I've said it before, and my biggest fear is that it's going to come down to them having to decide eventually, one day, between Mike Mayock and John Gruden in three or four years. And Mike Mayock's going to be the fall guy. And I'm going to lose my fucking mind on the NFL. Like, uh, especially on the Oakland Raiders. Like, I already don't watch them because they're fucking garbage. But, like, it would be even worse. Like, you can't... I don't know. John Gruden's going to be the reason if you don't win games, why you don't win games. <coughs> you see Der Daniel Jeremiah's already walking, rocking, like, the stubble online or on TV and since what Mike Mayock's not there. He has, like, the three-piece suit. What a clown. Um, no. I mean, there's just, and we're not even talking. We I, I even forgot to mention the fact that they might, they're supposed to be in Las Vegas two years from now. Okay, they're transitioning there. So next year they don't even know where they're playing yet. You know what I mean? Because Oakland, Oakland's not happy. They had that lawsuit. So, I mean, there's just a lot going on, you know, just because of him as an announcer and what I remembered about him years ago when he did coach the first time, me and a friend of mine that you might remember for the show, Kevin, used yeah. to talk about him, you know, maybe taking Jason Garrett's spot a couple years ago and stuff like that. Never really thinking he was going to come out of the booth just because of, like, his mentality and the way he talked football. And, I mean, on top of that, the Grudenisms, like, what could you want? What more could you want? But... Seeing how he's run the Raiders so far, and I mean, he has had a few good moments. 
it worries me more and I see more like, well, I don't know what I was talking about. Dallas really dodged a bullet. Um, yeah, for sure. Not that they would have really considered sure. him anyway, but, you know, from being a fan. Um, but you, you can see it as a double-edged sword. Yeah, they got rid of Mac. They got rid of Cooper. Doesn't look like the smart moves. Um, especially after you get rid of them, you're like, you know, well, we don't have a pass rusher. They're hard to find. Yeah, and that that's the fucking crazy part. Not, sorry, really quick rant. Yeah. But, like, you're John Gruden, and you go into press conferences <laughs> trying to justify getting rid of the greatest defensive player, one of the greatest defensive players in the league. You can argue easily between one and two, Khalil Mack, Aaron Donald. I was going to say, you see easily, it in my eyes. I was going to argue Easily, I knew you were going right? to. Yeah. So you can argue easily either of them, right? But then John Gruden tries to get on the air and justify it. And gives, and then he gives weak acts excuses like, well, uh, having one of the highest paid players on the offensive side of the ball <clears throat> and the defensive side of the ball is very challenging in today's dynamic of the league. You see, and then he goes on all this fucking rant, and then everybody's like, uh, okay, we, we guess. And then in the same press conference, he's like, you know, really hard to find a, you know, a really great defensive talent that we're really going to need to rebuild this team. And you're like, what, what the fuck? You, were you, are you the same John Gruden that just said that weird ass <laughs> fucking shit about justifying him 30 minutes ago? Like, the dude's a psych, he was fucking insane, that whole press conference. Like, it, I, it's fucking nuts to me. I don't know. I don't, I don't know if Gruden ever sounded that debonair. Um, he's more like, See, what you got here, man, is you got to hit him in the mouth, right? And boom! Like, that's just it. You know what I mean? <laughs> so suddenly, yeah. he's a dude straight out of Sicily uh, that makes pizza for a living on the side. I like that. But, yeah, so, uh, dude, what you got to do is you got to fucking take the meatball and you smash it in the spaghetti. Um, but, you know, he, he came out and said that. Then he traded away what people thought were a lot of people were ready to move on from Cooper. They trade Cooper. Cooper has a, continues to have a great season. And then he's like, well, we don't have a number one receiver. Okay. It's a fucking guy. Um, now, double-edged sword, yeah, it makes you look bad, but like you said, you got picks to build for the future. You got three first rounds this year. Granted, two are at the very end of the round because of how well, and you could argue because of those players, Dallas and Chicago ended up finishing the season. Which is why um, he should have taken the trade that was on the table with Green Bay that involved the first round pick for Khalil Mack. But that's fine. Go ahead. <laughs> um, Damn you, Reggie McKenzie. But, yeah, you talk about, like, I, I like Mike Mayock interests me we've talked about this before so i'm not going to get into it but like it's very interesting i could see it going one way or another i personally like mike mayock but i don't know how he actually fits in a you know traditional gm role um it's just going to be very interesting i feel like the oakland raiders it's its own little planet and it's just coming into birth and all the like the shifting tectonic plates are like unfurling slowly and if you can see the hand gestures right now it's like you're creating a stratosphere a, I think it's a little bit like in a couple years we're going to see exactly where they all land it and either how beautiful or fucked up this place looks that uh john gruden the, the new god of this world has created um but there's just so many storylines like i said we don't know where they're gonna play next year um they said that maybe you know, they'll, they'll play in Vegas. Maybe it'll still be somewhere to Oakland. Maybe they're going to share, you know, a field with uh, L, both the L.A. teams, you know, or the L.A. Chargers, I think it was. You know what I mean? Jesus. It's just all over the place. They're, they don't have a place yet. New GM. Gruden going into second year. Moved, its, moved his best players. Future draft picks. Like, there's just so much going on. That there are just a big question mark. And all seasons, like, I don't know what to expect of the Raiders. They've been a big storyline. Um, something else I want to talk about, and it's more towards the end of the season. Antonio Brown. 
We've all gone on the rumors and news as it's gone on. The only new stuff to really call out is it really seems like he's pushing for San Francisco between him spending time with Jerry Rice and asking Terrell Owens, like, what's it like playing there? Which, it was funny, I was listening to an interview with T.O. and he was like, he's like, you know, it's nice weather, Bay Area, you know, they got a good quarter, young quarterback that you'll be able to play with. And Antonio Brown's like, like, yeah, but what's it like playing there? Like, he didn't care about the team aspect of it. He's an idiot. Like, he, he cared about the location. You um, know, here's, here's all I got to say about Antonio Brown really quick, ready? <clears throat> I got to get my singing voice in, you ready for this? A, B, and Indy can keep each other company. Wow, did you? Was that planned? No, like, no, I just want to hit it right there. I mean, that was good. But uh, I'm not ashamed. Like, I'm <laughs> not ashamed. Stand alone because you're off the show. No, yep. okay. so, uh, but <laughs> yes, that's awesome. But but think about all I'm saying is Antonio Brown. In Indy. I know that I'm now recycling all previous Pittsburgh Steelers players to immediately like, relocate to Indianapolis. AB, come to Indy with luck. But, uh, but yeah, listen, I'm telling you right now that, uh, I, I don't know. I, I just, uh, he won't though, and I don't I don't know that Le'Veon will want to, but, uh, but Jesus, God, it's just I talent. I just think that's a, like that's, that's, the more I see of this story, the more I just think it's just one of those nasty, nasty messy divorces you see be, between people or whatever because both sides you could understand are just being shitty towards each other they're downplaying and criticizing each other in the past even though no one's known about it like it's so always crazy. there like, what and the fuck it's like high school i i think it's worse all than the, coming out right now i honestly think it's the it's worse than the steelers Le'Veon bell situation but you know what's so crazy here's what's so nuts about it like not only does it make you think about the, the, the dynamics of the locker room and everything that's been going on behind the scenes and the relationships. But, like, imagine how well the NFL and these teams have done at suppressing some of this stuff. Yeah. Like, it's crazy. I would have – listen, everybody knew for a while AB, like like OBJ, was kind of like a drama queen a little bit. You know what I mean? But, you know, some of his Twitter posts and shit, like, the dude is off the fucking handle. Here's the thing, though. When you're Antonio Brown, you know that it doesn't matter because like you're thinking to yourself, huh? People kind of want to talk about signing Kareem Hunt and how it might not be off the table after he just kicked a bitch in the fucking head. I've never kicked a bitch in the head and I'm one of the best wide receivers half of you are ever going to see in your life. So I think I'm pretty safe. I can say whatever the fuck I want. You know what I mean? And that's the mentality he's in. Like, the mentality that A.B. is in, like, he's even made a statement to, like, TMZ once where he's, he used the terms that he's untouchable, right? From a, from a PR perspective, that it didn't matter because of his caliber of play. The problem is he's not fucking wrong, right? He is not wrong. If A.B., uh, what was the, uh, oh, shit, what was it that um, uh, Bill Parcells uh, said once in a meeting when he was ripping out a linebacker and because uh, the linebacker was like grogging off during a meeting and he was like, get the hell out of here. Like, what the fuck are you doing? There's no room for this. And then he was asked, you know, what would you do if, if Troy Aikman had nodded off in the meeting? And he said, what do you mean? I'd get him a fucking pillow. Uh, you know, like, but but that just goes the dynamic that we're talking about right now with uh, uh, with AB. And it sucks. It really does suck. But AB is going to land somewhere. He's going to get monster money. It's not going to be Pittsburgh. And he's going to perform at a super high level because he's just that naturally gifted at a wide receiver. What's be- What the best part is, though, is he doesn't have freakish speed. 
He doesn't have freakish size. He's just got freakish instincts. Like his innate ability to find a football and come down with it, and he's probably one of the he's probably the best route runner in the league. Uh, I, I think Amari Cooper is also one of the best route runners in the league. But like, it's insane to me, and uh, I don't know all the drama. It sucks, but at the end of the day, it literally means nothing because he's that great that he's going to end up somewhere with a big contract and do fantastic, and we're not going to care about it next year. Um, let me let me ask you something. If he did go to San Francisco, because this is all hypothetical, let's do it. Um. How, how do you see the fit between Jimmy G being there, uh, you know, young coach in Shanahan, uh, George Kittle's there. They need to add some pieces to that defense, which we already know. Um, and uh, who's who's the kid they just signed at running back that didn't even get a chance to play because he tore his ACL? Oh, um, ah, fuck, 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 fuck. Kid out of New England, right? What is his or... name? No. No. No, who they signed that didn't play? They got Jarrett McKinnon. Jarrett McKinnon. I was and he didn't about, play. I just looked at um, Yeah, Jarrett McKinnon. Yeah, yeah, he didn't play. Uh, but then Breida came on. Uh, and then Breida got on like IR late in the season or some shit. And then it was Alfred Morris. And fuck, they were a mess. By the way, I want to let everybody know right now, I love Alfred Morris. Um, that's it. That was so random. I really do like Alfred Morris. But yeah, He hasn't gotten a fair shake. Jarrett McKinnon, Jimmy G, George Kittle, young offense. You you personally like Shanahan. Love him. If AB went there and they were able to do something on their defense, like uh, my favorite uh, scouting analyst, Matt Miller, uh, he came out and called his shot because he's a 49ers fan saying that uh, if, if they draft right, um, he's calling it with also the talent there that they're going to win the West next year. So he's fucking insane, <laughs> um, but okay. I think he forgot who else plays in the West. But I that's think okay. I think scheme wise it fits. I mean, you, whenever you can get arguably the best receiver in football, I think it fits. Uh, yeah, right. I was just gonna say like when won't it fit? Here's what would be a crazier scenario, right? A crazier dynamic. Okay, imagine him in Seattle. That would be fucking nuts. Because listen, Russell Wilson, one of the most intelligent quarterbacks in football right now. I mean, his football IQ is super, super high. He can already scramble. He already got it. Doug Baldwin already runs great routes, has incredible hands. Already proven that with Tyler Lockett, he could be a solid number two guy, okay? Imagine bringing in Antonio Brown to even higher elevate, excuse me, that offense to where it is right now. Because again, remember, even though their defense has been relatively decapitated, excuse me, decapitated, right? They've still played good defensive football, football, and they still tr- struggle to put up 30-plus points a game, like most teams, frankly. But, I mean, they don't eclipse 30-plus points a game rarely ever. So adding some more talent to that offense. I don't, I don't think, I, I think after the dismantling of the Legion of Boom and all the unhappy veterans that have left that defense and all that, and just the way the team is built... I don't think they're a team looking at willing to add that kind of personality. Let me throw one more name out there, right? Somebody, a team that's going to be ready to make some aggressive moves, okay, for a young quarterback and a very young head coach. Cliff Kingsbury yeah. in Arizona. Bring him in to help out with Josh Rosen. Because you've got to imagine, listen, Larry Fitz signed another one-year deal. 
you've got to imagine it's probably going to be his last year. He's very, very old. He's ancient, okay? He has nothing left to prove. I mean, he's an instant first-round Hall of Fame. Uh, you know, I, you know, he's a first-ballot Hall of Famer. Um, probably the greatest person to ever play football as an individual. And, uh, you know, they're going to need somebody to come in there and uh, really pick it up. And they haven't really had that. Uh, you know, they don't have much more on offense down there. They've got a great running back, right, when he wants to play. But, you know, and David Johnson. But, you know, from a wide receiver standpoint, it's Larry Fitz or go home. I like the fit on the field better in Arizona. And I don't think it's as big of a problem personality-wise. Because, I mean, you got other big personalities that aren't distractions on that team. Like Chandler Jones, Patrick Peterson. You know what I mean? That I think it would work well. Um I mean, you would have to sell him on the idea that he's going to be with a rookie quarterback or a second-year quarterback, um, a rookie coach that's unproven. Um, and that's even if Josh Rosen is still there. Um, but if you can sell him on the fact of having a young quarterback and a rookie coach and you're going to pay him the money, I, I could see him. I, I could see it. I could see that more of a fit than Seattle. Um, but no, th- those are two interesting spots. Uh, last one before we get about to the young young players that I want to talk about a little bit is just a quick touch on. T- tell me, and I know you weren't, I wasn't either. Tell me what Patrick Mahomes showed you this year after not really seeing him get to play much and what to expect of him at all. Um, <clears throat> really quick off the rip, I'm going to do one pro, one con. Uh, con. Like with all first-year quarterbacks, uh, very poor game management, generally speaking, okay? Pro is he hasn't had to have great game management because they've been ahead by so much in so many games. Uh, I'm I'm very shocked at his accuracy. Very shocked. I thought he was going to be big-time risky kid. He's got some great receivers. I mean, you know, we talk about Tyreek Hill, but let's remember, he's Sammy Watkins, too. You know what I mean? So, I mean, he's got some great receivers. Travis Kelsey, yeah. He's got some great hands people there. Uh, But I think... He didn't, I don't think he took as many risks as I thought. I thought he was going to be an interception master, like big time, uh, off the rip. But, uh, I mean, he super impressed me with his decision-making when throwing the ball downfield. I was super impressed considering the fact that I, I wasn't against the kid or anything at all. It was just the fact that he's going to be a fir- first full year starting, coming out of an air raid offense that he played in college with Cliff Kingsbury being his coach. Yep. And, you know, just the time to pick up being a starter and dealing with that many snaps and – Things like that. And I think my favorite thing about him was the fact... It's just the way he plays. Okay? Because like you said, you're surprised there wasn't more turnovers. And I can see you saying that because you see some of the plays he does. Sidearm passes. No-look passes. Uh Rolling out of the pocket a lot. It it leaves it vulnerable that there's a higher percentage that you're going to turn the ball over. Um, Yet, most of those plays went his way. Which is crazy. And that's part of the fun of watching his play style. Agreed. The fact with the no-look passes, the sidearm passes, um, him rolling out of the pocket, him scrambling, the cannon on on his that he has connected to his shoulder. Okay. It makes all for very entertaining, fun football. Um, And I think that was my favorite thing about him, and it surprised me the most that he was able to utilize that to go for the tune of over 5,000 yards. You know what I mean? Yeah. I mean, it's literally insane. It sucks he's stuck with Andy Reid. But, uh, no, I'm just kidding. Seriously, I'm done bashing Andy Reid. But, uh, <clears throat> yeah, listen, he's got he's got greatness written all over him, right? Uh, the problem with greatness is, you know, it's repeatable. So he's got to be able to do that, right?
right? Agreed. He's got he's got to be able to yep. uh, he's got to be able to be consistent. He doesn't have to be consistent there. He doesn't have to be consistent. Fifty touchdowns, you know, five thousand yards. Like he doesn't have to be that good. But he's got to be good for at least thirty five every season. Uh, and he's got to be good for you know putting his team in in monumental positions to win football games. Uh, I got one league thing really quick before you get into the draft. Okay. Funny stat about the league. This year they've actually managed to have a twenty nine percent reduction in concussions while a hundred percent reduction in the game being fun. Amazing. <laughs> yeah. Great you, job, NFL. Great you job. Where'd you find that stat? The hundred percent drop in fun. Uh, I, I created that one. Oh, it's it's your own like league based at? Yeah, hundred percent. Oh, okay. Loosely, like, I did. A, I, I, I contracted with Gallup. There was a poll. <laughs> um, but uh, but yeah, I, I was the only person that called. All right, since we're getting out of the the major news, you wanted to hear what my hot take was. You yeah, let's do the, it. Uh, Colts winning, making the Super Bowl, making next the Super Bowl. Year. Okay, Colts making. Um, it. I'm saying this is the last time you're going to see the Patriots in the Super Bowl with the Bill Belichick Tom Brady connection. Ah, that's not nearly as bold, but okay. You don't think so? No, absolutely not. Okay, I thought Brady's like old. a million years old. But who could play for another five, six years? He talks about and Bill Tr- Belichick. Is true, like, yeah. But they're both a million years old. Like they could retire literally any day. Gronk probably out in New England. Like I don't think that's a. I don't think that's bold enough. Mm. I'm disappointed. I'm disappointed that you don't think so. Oh, hold and- on, hold on. Do you think that this is the last time? They win the division. No. Together. No, I can't even say that. <laughs> you were like, yee. No, 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 no definitely no. not. That just no. sounds stupid. I'll lose all my credibility <laughs> if I say that. Um, Fair. Yeah. I think I already lost my credibility with my quote. How about AFC Championship game? Do you think they're ever going to make it to another one of those? The AFC is getting spiced I'll, up. I'll, I'll Take a this, second. Look this. at that. They might make it one more time. Eh, not bold enough. Okay, that's fine. You're really lacking a lot to be desired right now, but that's okay. Uh, it, it struggles with my knowing what the fuck I'm talking about. I, so. I could make an argument right now that the Patriots will never see another AFC Championship game. You can without make an argument. Like, I would, I guess, Easily. If you gave me the over-under and set it at one, I would I would take the under. Because I, I don't think there's any way they make more than one more AFC title game again. Bold. Still kind of bold. Not even one AFC title game. Interesting. The last decade of Super Bowl quarterbacks looked like Tom Brady, Tom Brady, Tom Brady. Or it looked like, uh, well, how far are we going back? Nope, not far enough. So, yeah, it looks like uh, Tom Brady, Tom Brady, Tom Brady, Tom Brady, Big Ben, Big Ben, Tom Brady, 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 Tom Brady. Close enough. AFC quarterbacks? I think that's about it. Tom Brady. I think, oh, you know, who was there once? Tom Brady was. Just kidding. Peyton Manning, too. Yeah, yeah. That's it. But, all right, so moving on. I'm going to go down what I said about earlier. I'm going to read you the first round pick, or the first round order of the draft. Who was picked? And you just tell me whether you think it's a hit, miss, or push. Ooh, I like okay. push. Yeah, the push. I like okay. That. So, number one pick, Baker Mayfield. Uh, hit, obviously. Saquon Barkley. Hit. Sam Darnold. Hit. Denzel Ward. Hit. Bradley Chubb. Hit. Quentin Nelson. Hit. Josh Allen. Push. Roquan Smith. Hit. Mike McGlinchey. Push. Josh Rosen. Push. Okay. So right there in the top ten, you have not had one miss. Okay. Sure. I don't think there was one. No, there wasn't. So, okay. Ready? 11. Minka Fitzpatrick. I want to scream hit from the top of my lungs, but I just I don't know that he had the impact they wanted him to have. So I'm going to say push. Tw- uh, Vita Veda. 
uh, miss. Deron Payne. Push. Marcus Davenport. Uh, push. Colton Miller. Hit. Tremaine Edmonds. Hit. Derwin James. Hit. Jari Alexander. Hit. LVE. Hit. Frank Ragnow. Push. Okay. So they're in the top 20. You have one miss. Okay. I would have said two. The other one being Colton Miller. But I'm fine with you giving the rest pushes and hits. Okay. Finishing it off. I'm just going to do the last 12 here. Billy Price for the Bengals. Uh, miss. Rashawn Evans for the Titans. Um, uh, I'm between miss and push. I'll go push. Isaiah Wynn for the Patriots. He was hurt in the preseason. Yeah, he didn't no. play at all. Yeah, We're so, not going to count right. him. DJ Moore. Uh, Wynn. Hayden Hurst for the Ravens. Wynn. He got injured again. So Calvin Ridley. To say. Uh, obviously, hit. Rashad Penny. Hit. Terrell Edmonds for the Pittsburgh Steelers. The I thing. would say push. I would say miss, but we'll continue. Taven Bryan. Miss. Miss. Mike Hughes for the Vikings. Miss. I would say push. Sony Michelle. Hit. Lamar Jackson. Hit. Okay, so out of 32 picks, you named five that were misses. Which is incredible. Which is insane, and that's just the first round. Okay. Um, <sighs> it's just, like, just going through those names... Like Baker Mayfield, Saquon Barkley, you know Bradley Chubb, Quentin Nelson, Roquan Smith, uh, Minka Fitzpatrick was hard for you. I would say it's a hit. It's, they asked him to play slot corner, outside corner, and safety. <laughs> I know, I all know. season. I know they fucked um, with his head back. So, but that's what he did in college. So they tried. Yeah, um, and and he did well almost every game. It was just he couldn't make an impact at one position or another. Um, but Deron Payne had a really good season. Uh, Derwin James, obviously, Leighton Vander Esch, uh, DJ Moore, Calvin Ridley, Sony Michelle. We we so many names just it's in the crazy. first round. Super crazy. And it, I think it's a huge story for this season. And this I, is probably one of the best first round drafts with only one year of observation ever. Oh yeah, like I mean, insane. I mean, so Saquon Barkley, who I was sworn in already as the president of the fan club, um, thirteen hundred yards, eleven touchdowns. He averaged. Five yards per attempt That's the whole season. That's crazy. That's okay. so fucking 91 crazy. catches for 721 yards. Remember how, how many carries did he have all year? What was his carries? Uh, I have Stupid to go back Stupid broken up. high. Yeah. yeah. To average five yards a carry when you literally get, I, don't, I would have to imagine this guy gets 30 touches a game. Not even. No. All in? He's got to get 30 touches. Nope. It was, I think it was just under. Really? Yeah. Wow. That, that, would, that shocks me. That shocks me, actually. But uh, interesting. Uh, Baker Mayfield, 3,700 yards, 27 touchdowns, 14 picks. But he had just under a 64% completion percentage. Um, and I can't, we can't stress enough because we both love Baker. Um, his attitude that he brings to that team. Oh, 100%. Okay. It's what wins them games. Yes. Yeah. No, it's when even he's having just an okay or below average game what gets them over the hump and has them competing and his team feeds off of it i can't stress that enough um but i I just want to name some of the things and a lot of them were linebackers um leighton vander esch okay 140 tackles two picks seven pass deflections for the year and he even play all year no he didn't even start all year um darius leonard everyone knows about and this is just insane this is a crazy stat line 163 tackles four forced fumbles 
one fumble recovery, two picks, seven sacks, eight pass deflections. That's crazy. Just how well-rounded wow. and good those numbers are overall is insane. That is pretty nice. Okay. Fred Warner, if, if no one knows, he came out of BYU. He's a San Francisco linebacker. 124 tackles, a forced fumble, fumble recovery, six pass deflections. If you've got 120 tackles in the NFL, you're really solid, let alone your first year. Yeah. Um, Tremaine Edmonds, who I think a lot of people slept on, because of the fact of how well you know Roquan Smith played, LVE, Darius Leonard, Fred Warner. And he went in a place with a really high expectation. Yeah, he's 19 when he was drafted. Okay, He finished with 121 tackles, two forced fumbles, two picks, two sacks, 12 pass deflections. But let me ask you a question. Uh, never mind. Go ahead. You're like, you know what? I don't want to ask you a question. No, um, not really. Right. Is he in a position right now? Let me ask you a question. Is he in a position right now? I'm, I'm going to go here. Is he in a position right now where that production is required of him for their for that defense to be relevant? It. I'm going to say a little bit. Like they need him to have those numbers. They do have some other solid pieces on that defense, um, like Tredarius White at corner. Okay, they had Kyle Williams before he retired this year and stuff like that. Um, so just to be clear, another solid piece on defense, you named Tredarius White. Yeah, corner. Rookie last year. I, I know. I'm just saying. But, like, I don't know that that qualifies as, like, another solid piece. He had a really good year last year, and he had a solid year this yeah, year. Yeah, I guess. But, like, not like a breakthrough player. Not like a breakthrough player, especially if you're doing the full two years. You could say he was a breakout player last year, but then, you know, for a rookie. But then this year it was just a solid year. So there's still more than so needs to be seen. Um that's really it. Off that, the top of my yeah, head. that's what I'm saying. Like, w- my point was that I was leaning to was I was leaning to the absolutely side of that. Like, when you have a player with that much natural talent, I think you schematically force him into positions to have those stats. Like, I, I just think you lean on his presence more because of the lack of talent he's going to have around him, and and just how much of a good skill player that he is. So I think part of that is defensive scheming in his favor dramatically. But that's just me. You could also only scheme so much when you're having someone who play play middle linebacker, which is where he majorly played this year. But he can play all three spots. True. You know what I mean? Very versatile. Um, which, and I think they took some advantage of that. Not I, probably I as much so. as I would have. I would hope so. But I, I agree. But we were talking about scheme, you know, scheme advantage and play multiple spots. Like we talked about earlier, Mika Fitzpatrick. You know, like I said, the majority of the season he played at slot corner. They asked him to play safety for two or three games when they were hurt out there. They asked him to play outside corner for a game or two when they had injuries there. But the majority he played at slot corner, and he still finished the season with 80 tackles as a DB. Two yeah, picks. Not bad. And nine pass deflections, okay, where they don't really throw the ball your way, but you're getting hands on the ball. He even had one return for a touchdown against the Vikings. You know what I mean? Um, he, he asked that with the new coach coming in and stuff like that, that they give him a designated spot so he can focus on that and get his body where it needs yeah, to be. Yeah, I guess you're right. Like he that. was done a disservice. Um, but it's nice knowing having that versatility there. Mm-hmm. Um, Sony Michelle, 931 yards, six touchdowns. He Crazy. averaged... Every attempt for the season, four and a half yards per attempt. Okay. Yeah, Sonny Michelle was and crazy. I, I bring that one up not only because he had a solid year, but the fact that I said after Barkley, I liked his situation the best. I thought he had the best year. Now, no one could have predicted Philip Lindsay as an undrafted Yo, player. Yo, crazy. Free agency, crazy. Having the 
best season a, un, a, you know an undrafted free agent has ever had at the running back position. When you miss on quarterback, uh, when you sign on a quarterback that you just you know is butt that, that's uh, using your term that is butt uh, after a one year hit. Uh, yeah, that's but Sony Michelle had a great year and he did what I expected. You know, Patriots don't draft a running back running backs in the first round, and that was the first time they had since Lawrence Maroney. So you knew they were going to utilize him, and even though they they could have done better at at certain spots and you know in certain opportunities, I think they did that, um, and I think that gets overlooked. But it's it's crazy just the number of players who made decent. And like I said, Fred Warner wasn't in the first round. Darius Leonard wasn't until the third round. You had plenty of players like Ian Thomas for the Carolina Panthers at tight end, who in the I think he was taken in the fourth round. Um, where he came in, he, he only got a little bit of the looks because Greg Olson was in Carolina, and then Greg Olson got hurt, and he stepped in in a big way for that Carolina offense. And I, I, I really liked him coming out in that draft. You have, uh, what's his name, uh, the kid, the, the defensive tackle that came out of Michigan, okay, who went to the Oakland Raiders. For some reason, I'm leaning towards Hurst. I don't recall if that's correct but he had the heart condition and everyone was slamming the Raiders because they took him no one else would touch him but they're like oh the doctors cleared him and you know what he actually had a really good year he had a really good year there um BJ Hill okay also had a really good year and you know it's just when you know what you're doing in the draft not only is it great for your team that you're drafting for but the entire league the entire season you know, we can't guarantee, and it'd be stupid to guarantee that all these players are going to keep playing at that level. But if they can, or the majority can, we're talking about one of the grave, what should be one of the best draft classes we've seen in a very, very long time. And I mean, you can go back to 2011, you know, 2015, some really good draft classes, but I think this will be right up there when it's all said and done. Um, Last thing I want to do before we go to round out the show is I'm going to give you player A, player B, player C, and their stats. They're all rookies from this year, all on the defensive side of the ball, okay? And I want you to tell me or who, who you think they are, all right? And for the most part, they've gone unmentioned not to give you any tips or hints along the way. Are you ready? I was texting this half of that, but I'm totally with it. I'm just kidding. No, I got it. I got the gist. I got the gist. Okay. Player A, <clears throat> okay, right, sixty tackles, two forced fumbles, okay, twelve sacks, sixty one, tackles, two forced fumbles, twelve sacks, one pass deflection, okay, okay. Do you want to take a guess? Or you want to hear the elements first? Yeah, go ahead. Let's do it. Well, are, are you giving me a a player and then matching the stat to the player? So all three of these are different players. If you can't guess who they are, I'll and give what was you the, the condition? Names. Who are they again? They're all defensive side of the ball players. Okay. All from this year's draft class, all in the first round. Okay, so we've, we've talked about all of them. Okay, let's do it. Okay. Player B, 105 tackles, three picks, three and a half sacks, 13 pass deflections. Okay. Okay. And then player C, 121 tackles, one pick, five sacks, five pass deflections. Player A's stat line, one more time. 60 tackles, two forced fumbles, 12 sacks. One pass deflection. Player B. Well, do you want to do you want to guess who player A is? No, I, I think one of the players is Jari Alexander. And I'm trying to figure out which one it is. Okay. Player B was 105 tackles. Jari Alexander. 
No. He will, He's not even on this list. Shit. Okay. I, I was hoping you'd throw him on there for me just for the nostalgia. I thought about it, but I, if I would have done that, I would have did all corners, which isn't the case. I actually have a defensive lineman here, a linebacker, and a DB. Okay. Interesting. All right. So I'll take it line A and tell me who you think it is. All right. So I've got to go a line by line. 60 tackles, two forced fumbles, 12 sacks, a pass deflection. First round rookie this year. Defensive side of the ball, obviously. Oh, man. You're killing me here. So defensive side of the ball. So this is obviously, one more time with the stat line, 60 tackles you said? 60 tackles, two forced fumbles. Two forced fumbles. 12 sacks. 12 sacks. Okay, so Pass deflection. Okay, yeah, yeah. 12 sacks is huge. So that's kind of, uh, that's really huge. I am going with, Jesus Christ. Um, Rashawn Evans. Incorrect. Ah, shit. All right. He had a pretty good year, but I didn't think he would. Maybe he wasn't that good. Right. Uh, Tremaine Edmonds. Nope. Shit, I'm out. Bradley Chubb. Yeah, fuck. Yeah, I guess I should. Bradley Chubb, that. 12 sacks. Bradley Come on. Six tube. tackles, two four fumbles, 12 sacks, a pass deflection. Really good year. Player B, 105 tackles, three interceptions, three and a half sacks, 13 pass deflections. That stat line sounds familiar. I feel like you may have spent some time talking about that individual a little bit ago here. Uh, I'm going to take two guesses. I'm taking LVE. Incorrect. Shit. I should have paid more attention when you were walking through their stats you earlier. You never pay attention to me, Drew. I know. I, re- I do not. Uh, how many how many tackles again? 105 tackles. Any three sacks? picks. Three and a half sacks. 13 pass deflections. 13 pass deflections. Shit, that's crazy. Roquan Smith. Incorrect. Derwin James. Wow. Safety. Holy fuck. I'm out. Okay, let's do it. Player C, 121 tackles, one pick, five sacks, five sacks, five sacks, five pass deflections. I feel like I've said this person's name at some time during this this course of this this game here. Um, God damn it. You know, for you, I'm going to tell you right now, for you to leave Tremaine Edmonds off this list, I don't feel like it's possible. So I'm going to guess again. Tremaine Edmonds. Uh, I could. I don't hate you for saying that because Tremaine Edmonds finished with the same amount of tackles in 121 exactly, but it's not Tremaine Edmonds. Jesus freaking! But you, Christ. I, you did say his name already while playing this game. Underrated. Uh, under the radar. He, not coming out. He was a big name. Uh, maybe got lost a little bit with all the after the season happened. Rashawn Evans. Roquan Smith. Damn it! Uh, Roquan Smith. Um, Shit, I'm bad at this game. Yeah, but no, it's crazy because, like I said, everyone talks about, you know, Leighton Van Der Esch, Darius Leonard. Um, I threw Fred Warner in there because a lot of people didn't know about him. People forgot about Tremaine Edmonds, but he had a very good year. And, like, these were all big-name players. Bradley Chubb, Derwin James, Roquan Smith. Okay. And they actually kind of got lost. Maybe not so much Derwin James. Can I tell you that that Rashawn? Go ahead. Rashawn Evans uh, only had uh, 53 tackles. This yeah, year. which is why I, I didn't say anything. But, I mean, Rashawn Evans like, still is projected to be a good player. But I'm like, no, he, he didn't have that kind of year. Um, but, no, like you can see it. Like, 
Bradley Chubb, 12 sacks. Derwin James had 105 tackles from the safety position and rounded out with three picks and 13 pass deflections. And then Roquan Smith, 121 tackles, five sacks. Um, So there's just a lot of good players. Um, Just to kind of close it out, this year the Senior Bowl is going on right now as we speak. Um, Just because once the season's over, I'm going to be talking a lot about the draft and the prospects coming up. But a lot of the big names, just to keep your feelers out there for that participate in the Senior Bowl this week. Montez Sweat out of Mississippi State completely destroyed people this week. Um, you're going to like this name, Drew. Rakyasin. Oh! Rakyasin, uh! uh, cornerback Get it! from Temple. Okay. Super fuzzing. Super fuzzing. Super fuzzing physical. Okay. Instead of using that bad, bad F word that I get yelled at for. Super fuzzing physical. Um, Debo Samuel, receiver, South Carolina. Um, just destroying people all week. For the most part, unguardable. He was a top 50 prospect last year before he got hurt. Went back to school. Looking great this week in the Senior Bowl. Andre Dillard could be the number one tackle, depending on what team you're looking at. Having a really good good week in, in, uh, in Alabama. Uh, Washington State tackle. Uh, Nasir Adderley, small school guy from Delaware. Uh, he was a corner. A lot of people look at him as safety, but he shows really good range. Um, and then Dalen Mack who was a former five-star recruit um, and didn't really show that potential until he actually started showing some promise this past year in his senior year, but playing really well uh, as a DT uh, this week at the Senior Bowl from Texas A&M. I got to get him in there. So really quick before we close out, since we're talking a lot about new prospects and things that are going on, things that are, you know, uh, obviously they have changed the dynamic of the league, obviously with the first round being so strong. What I want to do is I'm going to take just a second and I'm going to go through a quick top 10 list that I made. This top 10 list is free agents, uh, mistakes that haven't happened yet. That okay? haven't happened yet. Correct. Okay, I kind of so, like where this is going. So top 10 free agent mistakes that haven't, haven't happened yet. Number one, somebody doesn't sign Teddy Bridgewater to a starting job. Okay. That's the number one free happening. agent mistake that has not yeah. happened. Uh, someone overpays TJ Yeldon. I feel like it's happening. He's a free agent coming up. He hasn't done a lot, but he's been there when they've needed him uh, in in uh, company with Leonard Fournette, and I think somebody just fucking gives him too much money. Number three, someone underpays Jeremy Hill. So obviously the Bengals. I feel like they're going to underpay Jeremy Hill, um, and he's been so much of their offense, and he's gotten them out of so many shitty situations, but I feel like they underpay him. Golden Tate leaves Philadelphia, number four. Free agent mistake for Philadelphia, gift for anybody looking for a solid (laughs) wide receiver. Uh, Number five, Clay Matthews gets a decent contract anywhere. You think? I think he will, and I think it's going to be a mistake. I would agree with that. Number six, Jadavion Clowney stays in Houston. I think it's a mistake. Uh, Number seven, New England Let's go of Jason McCourty. Okay? So I do not think they re-signed Jason McCourty. Number nine, Landon Collins leaves New York. Uh, I think that's probable. I think it's really bad news for the Giants when they realize that he is the only thing they have left holding together their decapitated shell of a defense. Number 10, I'm going to save, or number number nine, that was number nine. I got off to track. You can't count. Uh, we know. Yeah, yeah, that was eight. This is nine, and then I have ten. So I'm going to save best for last. <clears throat> Number nine, Trey Flowers also leaves New England. Wow. So two of their best defensive players 
I feel like they let go of. Number 10, Earl Thomas goes to Dallas. That is my biggest mistake what? of uh, of the list. That would be the best day. It would be the nah, best day. he needs to go to Green Bay. Oh, shut Yo, how about this, though? Really quick Earl Thomas destination that a lot of people aren't talking about. 49ers. Or if you Rekindling want, with Richard Sherman. If you want another one, how about the other team that was really looking at him before he got hurt? The Kansas City Chiefs. Uh, I don't think so. No, you're like, no, no I don't like that either. No. Um, I, I would say out of all of those... The one. How about I, the Indianapolis Colts? How about they just get everybody that's really good? I know you want that to happen. I do, um, so bad. But only if they've ever played for the Steelers. Um, just, <laughs> just a, a few, a few tips there. I do think that Teddy Bridgewater thing's gonna happen, and that's gonna piss me off because he deserves to be a starter somewhere. I just don't know if it'll happen. Um, you were wrong on the Earl Thomas thing. That's a great thing. That should definitely happen. Um, and then the only mistake you made is Jeremy Hill doesn't play for Cincinnati anymore. He plays for New England. He was a long-term Bengal. He played for New England this year, but him playing for New England was the course of playing in one game. Who am I thinking of? Jeremy Hill, the running back. He used to play for Cincy. He played Cincy his whole career, but then this past season played for New England, but only played in one game. Because you said TJ Yeldon was going to get overpaid somewhere, and then Jeremy Hill was going to get underpaid. Uh, Mixon. Joe Mixon. Joe Mixon. Yeah. That's who I'm thinking about. Okay. Gotcha. Gotcha. Yeah, you know what's hilarious? As I was making that through, I was thinking Joe Mixon literally the entire time. But, uh, yeah, I'm going to retract that 100% then, and uh, nobody is going to underpay Jeremy Hill. Okay. Because Jeremy Hill has gotten substantially worse. Well, so, I'm we, good with it. We hope you kind of enjoyed that review of the season. We know there was other big storylines, but those were some of the stuff that really stood out to us. And some of these are still, you know – unsolved so we're gonna see how they develop throughout the course of the offseason and going into next year um but no it was just a really good season for the most part a lot of big storylines a lot of confusing storylines it's gonna be wrapped up next weekend in the super bowl when the new england patriots and this and the la rams meet in atlanta um we're gonna have an episode for you guys then um anything you would like to say then drew um no got it okay um, with that, I'm going to say goodnight to my lovely cousins, Addison, Autumn, and Ashlyn, and we wish you couchies a great, great night, and we hope you enjoyed the season. We'll talk to you next time. Tune in next time and score some points with the Couch Coaches. Oh.